You're listening to Anime Untied. This is Anime Untucked, the podcast for anime buffs who love discussing things like character development, plot summary, climax. If you enjoy talking about those things in anime, this is the podcast for you. I'm Zolan, your host, and periodically I'll be joined by other hosts and guests who will help me discuss anime episodes. In our very first episode, we'll be discussing the anime Chainsaw Man, episode 9 from Kyoto. Hey guys, what's up? This is Zolan, and you're listening to Anime Untucked. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing Chainsaw Man, episode 9 from Kyoto. So if you guys are not caught up, if you're still watching, please do not listen because there will be a lot of spoilers and I don't want to spoil this great anime for you. So in episode nine and um, for today's podcast, I'm basically going to kind of recap the episode, kind of gently summarize what happened. But then most of all, I want to share with you my notes about what I think is happening, um, some of the meanings behind some of the things that have happened and possibly what will happen in future episodes. So to begin with, we start with episode 9. Immediately we are kind of picking up from the last fight where we were introduced to Swordman. And so basically we start off with Himeno and ultimately what is seemingly Himeno's death. So we know that Swordman is, he has some type of... um affiliation, right, with the Yakuza, like his grandfather was a, um, this important Yakuza person, whatever. We don't really know who Snake Girl is. I, I, I don't know if that's her name. That's kind of like what I'm referring to her as because the devil that she has a contract with is a snake. And so we don't know who she is or really like what her reason for, um, being a part of this whole scheme is, right? Because she, she seemingly is human, right? And so it's not uncommon for humans to kind of like join the dark side and kind of like form these allegiances with devils. But, you know, to some degree, it does warrant some type of like um, interrogation or not an interrogation, but kind of like a, um, you know, just a, some, some, some type of questioning, you know, like what is her reason for doing this? And it could really be as simple as probably like something like money or power, but who knows, maybe there's some deeper um, deeper reasoning behind that. And I feel like um, because she does kind of like know about um, Makima, there seems to be some type of history there, right? Like she's she's dealt with Makima or heard of Makima, Makima and her circles, right, before. So she's not new to this. So unlike the other guys who kind of seem like they were way over their heads, right, the gunmen, she seems like she's probably been at this for at least a decent minute, right? So ultimately, we begin the episode with Himeno's death. It's very sad. It's very unfortunate. Um... And if you remember from that last episode, she kind of like left with those heartbreaking words of, I, you can't die yet, Aki, because I need you to cry for me like you've cried for everyone else. Those were like her dying words and, emo and ultimately like her dying wish, right? She gives everything. She sacrifices herself to save Aki, but also because if she can't, if, if I can't get you to love me, 
I have to get you to cry for me. And like how that is so like <laughs> morbid, morbidly poetic. But, you know, this is her. She loves this man and she's giving her all for this man. If she, if she can't have him in this life, she has to at least die knowing that he's going to cry for her. And so it's very sad, but we start off with Jimeno's death. And then uh, immediately after that, you know, um, Swordman and Snake Girl, they set their sights on um, Denji. And so one of the questions that I do have, and I think most of you also have, is why does everyone uh, want Denji's heart, you know? He's only been a devil or a fiend for half a minute, but yet somehow he's already has made a name for himself. And really, it might not even be his name because um, his devil, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the devil's name. Uh, but the chainsaw devil has already kind of made a name for themselves, right? He, it is, he has some, he or it or she or whatever has some type of notoriety in the devil world, right? They are. Um, seemingly somewhat of a powerful devil. They have recognition. People, um, devils know about this um, this chainsaw devil. So I'm not really sure if it's so much of Denji's notoriety and like what he's been doing with public safety or if it's somehow already like <laughs> this kind of like understanding before that, like, oh, the chainsaw devil, like we got to get him out of here. So right off the bat, um, they set their sights on Denji, but they make it a mention to say that they need the heart undamaged, which basically means that we need him alive, but more so like the focus is on the heart. The heart has to be undamaged. So if they wanted to kill Denji, or if somebody wanted Denji dead, like the gun devil, clearly they would have done it. You know, that would have been the mission because to be honest, they had the opportunity right there when they kind of like sliced through Denji and, and, and took him out. So if they wanted him dead, or if somebody wanted him dead... That was the opportunity, but it is not, um, that is not the goal. They want him alive, or they want his heart, again, undamaged. So that leads to the question of why. What is the intention for uh, Denji's heart? Why is his heart needed, and for what purpose? And so immediately we see that Denji is greatly outmatched. Swordman is extremely powerful. He's extremely fast. And so is Snake Girl. Like, Snake Girl, she took out Aki, who had the freaking ghost demon, which was intangible, right? So for the most part, um, it was intangible, at least to humans. And so it seems like um, Snake Girl Snake has the ability to apparently eat ghosts, essentially, right? So um, we see that Denji is greatly outmatched. Swordman and Snake Girl are pretty powerful foes who work for seemingly the Gun Devil. So the Gun Devil, we already know without even looking at that, the Gun the Gun Devil has been um, throughout this entire anime, like there is the the he has been alluded to as being very powerful. Basically, immediately. They don't leave us in suspense. Makima is not dead, as I kind of figured. Um, I just generally thought that would be too easy. Too easy. You know, Makima has this HBIC energy. She's introduced, really, as HBIC. And she's the only one that we have not seen um, use her devil. So we don't know who her contract is with the devil. You know, what her devil contract is. We don't know um, what power she has i was about to say what quirk <laughs> what power she has and you know essentially she is unknown which is a good thing because um later on they mentioned that lower ranked devil hunters 
do not have clearance to know her devil contract. So essentially, her weakness is unknown and unknown to her foes as well. So this um, leads to so many speculations, right? So again, like I'm not reading the manga. So if you're not, if you're reading the manga, you you probably have some type of introspection as to what her her power is. But if you're not reading the manga, um, like this really leaves the the door open to what her ability is because we saw essentially Makima get her head blown off. First they shot him from the back, then they shot him from the front. Like in true execution style, they they murked them, okay? And so um we essentially saw that, right? And I don't know if you guys remember and I'm not sure if maybe I'm mistaken, but Makima was not on the train alone. There was someone with her from public safety, if I remember correctly. And so Immediately, they show that Makima's not dead, but they did not show that other partner that she was with from public safety. So that person's dead. So that, to me, tells me what we saw actually happened. So it wasn't an illusion. It seems like she has the ability somehow to either not die, um, heal, or to somehow um, come back from the... Mm, yeah, come back from the dead. Because she could have really died and then came back. But it also what she says was, the blood is not mine. I was not shot. And so that could really be um, maybe an error in translation in the captions, right? But um, that, if that's true, because I'm watching, um, I'm not watching the dubbed right, um, as of yet. But if that's true, that would mean, if, if we take that as accurate, right, we take her for her word that she was not shot, the blood is not hers, then does she have the ability to possibly kind of, like, undo, um, not history, but, like, maybe, like, time, if that makes sense? So, like, maybe she did get shot, and then she kind of, like, went back and made it so that she wasn't the one shot? It's very confusing. Um, I'm really kind of going with more so that she has the ability to kind of like come back from the dead or something like something with her soul. I feel like her power has something to do with her soul, maybe her soul's location or something like that. But um, Maki was not dead. I'm so happy for that. Um, as of right now, I like her. You know, she has this very mysterious energy and she kind of has like this very... Um, HBIC energy, like she's her, even her tone when she's telling people, there was a shooting on the train. The blood's not mine. Like it's very, like she's just so unfazed by things. And she's, it seems like, you know, she's confident to say the least. And so, um, moving forward, um, so I'm just looking at my notes. Okay, so she's greeted on the, greeted on the train after the massacre or the attempted assass assassination by Kuros and Tendo. And so she tells them again, it's not her blood. She wasn't shot. Um, she immediately, like, going straight into it, she tells um, Kuros that she needs 30 convicts with life sentences or worse. And then she tells Tendo to find the nearest temple with the highest altitude and reserve it. And so, like, again, if you're most likely you're watching the anime, we see what happens, right? So 
my question is in regards to Makima's power, because this is the first, really, I feel like this whole episode um, was the display of Makima's power. That was the purpose of this episode. Makima's not dead, and she's HBIC, basically. Like, this is what the Supreme does. Like, this is the Supreme's power. Behold, right? <laughs> so, um, immediately, she asks for 30 convicts with life sentences or worse. And then she has to be um, in the nearest temple. So it doesn't really matter what temple it is. That's what that's immediately like what it tells me. But it has to be at the highest altitude. And again, it doesn't have to be like she didn't say um, find the the, the highest um, the temple with the highest altitude. She said the nearest one with the highest altitude. And so um, it it to me it just says that because my question was going to be. In order to use her power, are any of those facts relevant? So, like, does she have to be at a temple? Is her power some somehow spiritually based? You know what I'm saying? Um, and also with the altitude, you know. But I really don't think it's that. I really just think think that in order to do what she does, in order to do her work, her craft, honey, she kind of has to be like alone and away from danger. She has to really. She's she's very vulnerable, basically, when she's using her power, and especially doing thirty people at a time. Okay. So, um, one of the questions I had, um, because this is essentially is the episode. The episode begins with. Um, Himeno's death, and really it is just the rest of it is just a display of Makima's power. So, um, my questions after watching this episode are, why does Makima choose the worst, um, well, essentially, like, if you're serving a life sentence, as you've done something very bad, right? You've either done something very bad, or you've killed a lot of people, or you've harmed a lot of people. And so, my question is, does she need 30 people who are essentially bad in the worst ways out of morality to feel better about what she's doing or who she's sacrificing? Or is it a requirement of the devil contract? You know, does her devil require darker souls? Is this a necessity? And one of the things that I also noticed was all the convicts or inmates rather were men. Is that, you know, on purpose or was that just like statistically speaking, it's most likely going to be men anyway. Um, you know, does her devil contract require male souls? You know, what is her devil contract? What is this, the, you know, what are the, like, because every person who has a devil contract, they have to give something or they have to sacrifice something to the devils. Like, even if you notice with Snake Girl, when she was using her snake, every time she used her snake, she had to sacrifice a fingernail, right? And even with Denji, when he was, before he was a, um, a, a fiend or a devil, rather, he had to, um, was it Ponji? Pochi? Oh my god, I feel so bad for not remembering that I should know this. But every time he um enacted his contract with the chainsaw devil, he had to give him blood, right? And so um essentially in order for Makima to use her um if she if she follows the same rules as everybody else, if she when she uses her devil, she has to she has to give the devil something in return. And she's out here murking 30 people, honey. 30 people. What does she give up for that? And even we see with Aki, unfortunately, he wasn't able to kind of like really do any damage with the uh, the sword man, but he sacrifices his lifespan. And, you know, it's just like, what does Makima give up to murk 30 people in the blink of an eye? You know, that is an incredible power. And like, essentially, 
um, I wondered how she was killing people. It just seemed like they were imploding. But if you look at her hand gestures and even some of the, um, if you look at some of um, the animations, you see their bodies twisting. This bitch is essentially twisting their bodies until they fucking burst, okay? So it's just like, you know, to some extent, I feel like, you know, that's kind of like a voodoo in, in some type of in some type of retrospect or some type of aspect, rather. It's like a voodoo power because <laughs> she essentially takes control of their body, right? So we see what she can do in a lethal setting in a more, you know, uh, can't can't find the right word, but in a less dangerous or less you know um severe you know moment, what can she do? Can she control people? You know, can she take control of their bodies? What is she doing? And we even see with the inmates, they have to speak the person's name before she and she kind of like um uses the power. So. You know, it just leaves so many questions. What purpose do the inmates um, serve? Immediately, we already see kind of like it's like their souls become somehow intertwined with the person's name that they speak. Because when she kills that person, the inmate also dies, right? Um, it's just like, you know, there's so many questions. Um, I'm really kind of like leading toward this whole voodoo vibe, but I could totally be wrong. But, um, unfortunately, we do learn at the end of the episode that Aki only has two years left to live after using his cursed, um, devil. And so, my question then becomes, like, are we going to see this anime play out over the span of two years? Um, not in our time, but, like, in the anime's time, because, you know, that was his own, not the two years, but his own personal... Um, goal was to kind of like take out um the devils before he dies right and so now that he only has two years left how is he going to uphold that promise to himself and kind of like the you know how is he going to enact vengeance now for his family in two years um My my another thing that is kind of unclear is that Makima knows the the names of basically the assailants who murdered basically most of her squad and other divisions as well. She knows their names, and it seems like um she doesn't need to know their location. I imagine I imagine that whatever uh devil contract she has that power. It's kind of like the name is what's needed, and essentially it finds the person. Like, she doesn't find it. It just seems like once the name is spoken, somehow the souls are tied together, and, like, she has that control of them. But essentially, like, how does she know who, um, all 30 people, like, there were 30 people plus involved in this whole assassination. How does she know all of them, you know? And, like, if you knew that much, like, couldn't you see it coming, in a sense? You're like, you, you have all this information. Um, but again, that could be all tied to her devil contract or what her ability is, essentially. And also, like, her eyes. Her eyes are still unexplained. Like, no one else really has um, special eyes. So, like, I don't think that's for artistic effect. Like, clearly, she has... Um, her ability is... Ooh, is it possible that she has more than one ability? That could be possible, I think. But essentially, like, her eyes also are a part of her 
power, I imagine. And so, um, what's also important to remember is that the criminals knew exactly where the public safety, um, uh, the, the devil hunters were, you know? They were all doing patrols, and they knew exactly what time, uh, the location. So this was not something that just kind of like um, was thought of yesterday. You know, they either had intel, someone working within public safety, to tip them off, or they were basically observing these divisions for some time, which is even scarier. Like, how are you? Oh, well. If they're using people, humans, it would be easier, I guess, and less um, conspicuous to kind of observe um, and kind of like blend in, right? Because if you're looking for devils all the time and you're not looking for humans, it kind of leaves a blind spot, right? So that is one way also, um, or one reason why devils are working with humans, because it obviously is less um, conspicuous, or you know? Um We learned in this episode, because of um, so many members are lost of public safety of these special divisions, right? That special division one, two, and three, all of the divisions that were attacked, including four, special division one, two, and three are absolved. Special divisions one, two, and three are absorbed into special division four. And so, like, for me, that is, um, like, think about how many people were in Special Division 4. Essentially, it's probably the same throughout the divisions that there's a certain amount of people, right? Like, a certain amount. For all those divisions, 1, 2, and 3 to be absorbed into 4, how many people are coming? Probably, like, 2, 1? Like, yo, like, they lost a lot of people. And so, like, this is going to be felt, I feel like this is going to be, um, in the episodes to come, we're going to really see this team kind of, like, struggle to kind of, like, rebuild, right? So, like, essentially, members all come with their abilities, their, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, their quirks or whatever, right? So, essentially, it's gonna take a lot to rebuild this team, learn these new team members, their abilities, how to work with them, how can we, you know, how do we kind of, like, um, complement each other with our abilities, right? And even so, um, fiends or half-human, half-devils are not a common thing. So, like, they're going to have to learn about Denji and power and how are they going to adjust to this working with devils after this whole thing. I'm sure emotions are going to be high, you know? Like, so, it's going to be a lot. I feel like the next coming episodes are going to be very emotional. We're going to see a lot of um, characters kind of, like, we're going to witness how they kind of deal with the aftermath of losing um, not only their teammates, but essentially probably their friends. These are people that they worked with closely and in life-threatening situations for some time, you know? So as professional as they can be, you know, they've, they've got to deal with the trauma. And we see that with Aki, you know, um, Himeno gets what she wants. At the end, he is, he is crying, he's bawling his eyes out, he is feeling it, you know? When he goes to light his cigarette, he realizes after trying it, like, after trying to get that, that light after like three or four times, he realizes that once he gets the light, he realizes, bitch, this is even my fucking lighter. This is um Meadows lighter that she gave to me. Like, and so he just really feels it. And it's really sad, um, to be honest. And even like, you know, before this episode, I'm not gonna lie, 
you know, after watching Game of Thrones, you think, I, maybe it's been so long, but I swore after that I would never watch any show and get emotionally attached to any character. Bitch, they got me. Because I was not expecting that, you know? I really was not expecting that episode, um, Gunfire, and I was really sad to see a lot of the um, people that I liked kind of just, like, taken out like that. And so... Um, at the end of the episode, the ending credits pay homage to Himeno, and it was really beautiful, you know, and really kind of, like, just set the tone for, I feel like, what this anime is gonna, gonna bring, like, um, people are gonna die, and even in the, in the beginning, Denji, um, man, this guy has been through a lot, and, like, that is like one of the themes of Denji. His character is trauma. It is struggle. It is suffering. Like that's the word I'm looking for. Suffering. Denji's character is um is sufferable the word? Let me I just want to make sure I'm I'm, I'm I don't want to say anything that's not true. Sufferable. Ability able to be tolerated or suffered, endurable. Wait, that's tolerable, sorry. Why did they show me that? Yeah, Denji is sufferable, and that is, like, something in the beginning episode, they drove that point home. This boy suffers. His dad dies. He, incur he incurs his debt. Um, He's treated, like, he swallowed a cigarette for cash. Like, he sold his nut. He sold, like, he's selling body parts for cash, and even the cash from devil hunting like risking his life and killing devils it's not even getting him any close really to kind of like being off the hole and essentially the yakuza own him like as, as because the, the choice is pay this debt or die right and so we see this kid this guy well no this kid because he's a kid right in the beginning this kid wants to live because he could just die right he could just give up but he said like he no that the fact that he's doing these things means that he wants to live he wants something better he has hope right and so we see, you know, like they, they lined it up for us, right? And then um, this guy who wants hope and he's, he wants a better life, right? Then he's brutally murdered. They stabbed him in the back like it was just so gruesome. And then they toss him in the trash, decapitated. This member just fucked up. Like, fuck you. You are trash. And, you know, so, like, immediately that is kind of like the... the the theme of Denji, I feel like, or his story. And kind of like in a Naruto type of way, like he's treated like trash. And that is like even Aki, when he takes him in the alley and throws him in trash, people are constantly trying to tell this dude he's trash and they don't even know him. And to be honest, I feel like he's the most, of all the characters, Denji's like the most compassionate. He's the only one that ever says, I don't care who you are, if you're a devil or not, as like, if like if you want to be my friend, I'll be your friend. If you're kind, like if you treat me right, I'll treat you right. You know, and so like I feel like you know, I feel like we don't really know 
Denji too well. I feel like there's a lot of development that's going to happen with Denji because he also did grow up on his own. We kind of see a lot of his childish ways. I feel like Denji is going to become this great, um, you know, the development of, of Denji is going to is going to take us for loops and turns, and we're not going to see it coming. And at the end, when he's when he's like at his prime. We're going to be so in love with Denji and his story and how he came to be and, like, what he's gone through. Because already, like, I feel um, there's kind of, like, appreciation for this guy who's gone through everything and still resilient, you know? Still resilient to basically be a, a good person. I wouldn't say, like, a better person, but, like, he essentially wants to be... Or he is, rather, a good person, you know? Even with the devils, like, when he was at the apartment and um, his first kill with Aki, Aki was like, why didn't you use your powers? He was like, well, you know, like, you know, when I use my chainsaws, I get all messed up. And, like, I didn't want to do that to the guy. And, like, yo, like, how, like, this guy has so much compassion and it's, like, it's so overlooked because of, I feel like, maybe the climate, you know? Living in a world with devils and devils are essentially, um, you know, people are taught to feel to fear devils, you know. So, um, I'm getting off base, but you know, um, so basically, special division one, two, and three are absorbed into four. We're gonna see a lot of um, people dealing with the trauma, the aftermath of gunfire and from Kyoto, and so, um. And so I feel like I know that now um, episode 10 is out. I haven't watched it yet. I'm probably going to watch that tonight, take some notes. But I feel like in the upcoming episodes, we're going to see a lot of, um, you know, people dealing with the trauma. But also, I feel like we might get a glimpse, hopefully, of Gun Devil, the Gun Devil. I feel like at some point we have to. After all this, it's the least y'all could do. <laughs> like, this guy who basically is like, head honcho right he is the most feared devil he he's he is the devil that makima wants like that is on her hit list like so i feel like and eventually at some point we're going to get a glimpse of the gun devil um also what i love about this anime is that i feel like there is so much um uh relation to real life you know and what i mean is you know if you live in america like i do maybe other parts of the world we have a gun problem period you know um there's a lot of gun violence and i feel like making the gun devil kind of like the biggest devil i feel like that's a testament to kind of like real life and i like the idea that there's a devil for everything in this anime there could be a pigeon devil a spider devil a chainsaw devil there's a devil for eternity you know i feel like um that is somewhat true there's some truth in that ideology or that 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 uh that 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 theme right because people have so many fears you know um touching on mental health people have a lot of anxiety and it could be anxiety about work losing your home poverty hunger um you know being loved being accepted um being bullied uh you know people are afraid of going outside people are afraid of dying right that's a big one a lot of people fear death uh, people are afraid to go into work imagine living through a tragedy um you know 
and having to go back to work, having to go back into society. You know, these are a lot of things that a lot of people don't think about because they don't have to deal with it. And like, this is this type of trauma, you know, it exists in the world. Like, what do you do with that trauma? You know, what do people do with that? We don't think about that. Like, you know, these people that live through, the, through these things, they have to, the thing doesn't go away. What happened to them doesn't go away. They have to kind of like find a way to live with that. The choice is either live with it or die, right? Give up, right? Re revert into a ball of depression, right? So it's just kind of like, I feel like the idea that there's a devil for everything. I really love that. I feel like there's so many things in this anime that I feel like is just, um, it's almost like a life lesson in some way, you know? Um, the idea that the devils get more powerful the more people fear it, right? And so, um, again, I'm kind of like going off tangent, but um, or going on a tangent, rather. But I feel like in the episodes to come, we're going to see so many great things. Um, so much more meaning behind the, um, the anime, right? So much more meaning behind the characters. And so... Um, I thank you guys for listening. If you, um, if you guys liked what you, um, if you guys really appreciate this podcast and kind of like the way that I'm trying to kind of the direction I'm trying to go into, please like leave comments, let me know, um, and please like I I would love to hear you guys' opinions and questions. Like, what are your ideas about the episodes? Where do you think it's going? What are your some of your um kind of like uh themes or what hidden messages did you see in the anime symbols messages you know so um i'll be back next week um i'll be back next week wednesday with the update for episode 10 and hopefully um we'll have some good things to talk about maybe we'll have some more sad things to talk about but you're listening to anime untucked i'm zolan and i thank you for watching